Although I do like being a fan of college football, I do admit coaching the profession is a very hard job. But I think me and every other fan in college football, and especially every Miami fan, was yelling at your TV screen saying, Knee the ball! We'll talk about that and more as we recap week six of college football. Welcome to the Super Fan Dan Show! Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler! Davis is going to run it all the way back! Auburn's going to win the football game! Auburn's going to win the football game! You done messed up, A.A. Ron! This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. I am the law. If you survive camp, you will be on the team. If you survive. And now here is your host. What a game! Why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Super fan. Dan. Hey there, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you here as we approach week seven of the college football season. Crazy as that sounds, it is true. But this week, we are going to focus on week six, and we are so glad you could stop by and listen to what we have to say. If you like what we're doing, you can follow us on our socials at Show on Facebook, X, and Instagram, as well as if you like what we're doing, subscribe, like the show, as well as leave a five-star rating so that others may find this awesome community that we're trying to build for college football. Let's get into week six here. And as you saw by my intro, I am not college coach material. I am not. The funny part is I I tried to do like a fake application to the University of Wisconsin football coach because even though we knew that they were looking at somebody else, they still posted the job on their public website. And I'm like, oh, let's see the credentials. Yeah, my credentials are I've won NCAA 2004 GameCube. One back-to-back-to-back-to-back national titles on Heisman mode. Sign me up. And I think a lot of fans are trying to do the same thing to the Miami Hurricanes this week because one, if not one of the worst coaching blunders has happened in college football. And that would be those Miami Hurricanes, the 17th-ranked Miami Hurricanes, 4-0 4-0 going in this game, facing a 2-3 and Georgia Tech team that is, frankly, just getting in their own way. Now, to be fair, Miami was barely winning this game 20-17. Tyler Van Dyke threw three picks, one touchdown. Donald Chaney did a nice game, 106 yards, but just a lackluster effort overall for Miami. But they had it. They had a chance to win the game. Under two minutes left. No timeouts for Georgia Tech. You knee the ball. It's not that hard. You win the game by doing simple things. You knee the ball. They start running the play up the middle. First down, up the middle. Second down, up the middle. And then finally, one of the announcers is like, why are they doing this? Just knee the ball. Don't tempt with fate. Well, fate happened. Third down, running play up the middle. And what's baffling to me is their offensive linemen trying to push the running back forward. I want—I used to yell at the TV, you're not losing, you're winning, go down. 
Now, if you look at the replay, you could argue that his knee was down before the fumble came out. But why are you even trying to run the ball there? You deserve to lose the ball automatically making dumb decisions like that. You lose the ball. You let Haynes King, who did nothing all day at quarterback, drive down the field and throw a bomb for a touchdown. A bomb to Christian Leary, where he almost blundered too. It looked like he slid when he crossed the line. Because if you slide, it's where the ball is where you start the slide. So he barely missed that. He he could have been the he could have been a bigger goat. He could have been a bigger scapegoat or a bigger failure than what Miami did. But thankfully, Miami gets to live with this. Mario Cristobal, good luck keeping your job. You probably will, but you have a lot of explaining to do, my friend. A lot of explaining and a little bit of time to do it. Well, we got that out of our system. Number two we talked about today. Notre Dame, they are out of the playoff. Everyone shout and sing. The team that gets overrated every single season is out of the playoff. And they are decidedly out after getting destroyed by Louisville. This game was not even a contest going into the second half here. Tied at halftime, but then getting outscored 26-13 to in the second half. Jawar Jordan, have yourself a game. 143 yards, 6.8 a carry, two touchdowns. Sam Hartman came down to earth. Three interceptions in this game. Just pretty ugly second half, quite honestly. And Louisville just ran with it and had a great time doing it. Fun game to watch. Props to Louisville, who is now undefeated and an under-the-radar team in the ACC. Which should be Florida State's to win. But they've shown some weaknesses. They've shown, they've shown some clinks in the armor that can be exposed by teams like Louisville or Duke. So those games are going to be really fun to watch in the near future. Next, I got to talk about Michigan. Michigan looks insanely dominant. They do. They just look dominant. They took Minnesota to the absolute woodshed in their game. We beating Minnesota 52 to 10. This game was not as close as it sounds. Just absolutely dominant performance. A lot of players chipped in. They were playing their bench warmers to the bench warmers in the second half, and they went away with the victory. Just shows a couple things. It shows the Big Ten West is still a complete joke when you play the Big Ten East. Just really have not been competitive against anybody this year. And just just an awful side of the conference. I'm really glad they're getting rid of the division system because, frankly, it's lopsided. And and I know with – and it's good, and it's really, really rough odds for a Big Ten West team to win the division this year. Just like the odds of the Iowa offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz, to keep his job. I bring this up every week because it's funny. He needed to do two things this year. The first thing was to win seven games – reach a bowl game. The second one was average at least 25 a game, including the bowl game, by the way. They are averaging after their 20 to 14 victory over Purdue. 21.8 points. They are going under what they need. I don't think they're going to make it. 
And he will lose his job, which stinks for him, but it's Iowa. Have fun. Have fun with that. And the crazy part is, is they're playing their backup quarterback after all this. They're playing their backup. Does that does that go into the contingency plan for the offensive coordinator if there's injuries? Again, just a really weird, really interesting scenario that Iowa has dug themselves into. Should be fun. Should be interesting. But then you look at the big, at our next topic here after that debacle of Iowa. And we look at Oklahoma versus Texas. Another classic in the Red River rivalry. The Red River shootout. Oklahoma, last second touchdown to win the game with 15 seconds left. 34-30 to as Dylan Gabriel threw to a wide open Nick Anderson in the back of the end zone. Dylan Gabriel, 285 yards passing and a score. 113 yards rushing and a score. And that Nick Anderson, he had one catch. That was the game-winning touchdown. Just a fun game to watch. Two really good teams playing really good football and a really entertaining game. But this is where I get lost. Texas drops from 3-9 to nine in the poll this week. Oklahoma jumps 12-5. to 12-5. Now, people will say, Oh, it's because they're Oklahoma and they faced a good Texas team who beat Alabama. And that's why they should jump all the way up there. Let's see who they jumped. They jumped Oregon, Washington, and Penn State. Three teams that had buys. How is that fair to those three teams? And let's say Oklahoma wins out now and like Oregon wins out. How does Oregon jump Oklahoma now? Especially with Oklahoma being down further in the standings at the start of the year it's bias it makes no sense it's stupid and another concerning thing just about the playoff in general is the pac-12 might weed itself out i think the pac-12 champion might have two losses it's very very possible i mean you look at their schedule already and what's happening and you could see it clearly happening i mean oregon state lost to washington state and then Washington State just lost to UCLA. I could see Oregon losing to Washington. I could see then Oregon losing to somebody else in a highly competitive game. They could knock each other out. Meanwhile, Georgia and Michigan can play nobody all year and be the number one and number two team in the nation because that makes sense. I'm not saying Georgia and Michigan are bad teams, but I'm saying under the current playoff system is not fair. That's why I am super excited to see 12 teams next year where you win your conference, you're automatically in, which is what it should be in the first place. The system will finally right itself next year, but this year it's going to be a mess. I mean, what happens if two teams finish undefeated and four teams have one loss? And, oh, let's have, let's have some fun with this. Let's have some fun with this. So let's say the one-loss team is Texas, and they beat Oklahoma in the championship game, Big 12, even though Oklahoma beat Texas earlier in the year. And let's say the Pac-12 does the same thing where Washington beats Oregon, but then Oregon beats Washington in the Pac-12 game. Who deserves it? Have fun with that, guys. Have fun with that because there's going to be conspiracies all over the place that you're going to pick Oklahoma no matter what in that scenario, or you're going to pick Texas no matter what because they're Texas, and Texas football is back, baby. It's going to set up for some interesting storylines and some interesting just 
sketchy storylines if it comes to fruition. I, for one, am glad I don't have a vote because those votes are going to be highly sought after this season. So have fun with that, guys. Have fun with that. So after all that conversation we had, what do you guys think? Do you think these takes are crazy? Do you think I'm right? Or do you think I'm just being a conspiracy theorist? Well, we'd love for you to interact with me on our socials, and that would be on Instagram, Facebook, and X at SuperFanDanShow. We'll be waiting for you there. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week here on the Superfan Dan Show, where football is our middle name. <laughs>